Welcome back to another edition of RinkWise, New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Joining us again today in studio, my hockey live hockey analyst, Paul McNamara, and our very own Evan Miranovsky. Guys, welcome back to the show. Great to be here, Stephanie. Thanks. Always a great chat among the three of us. Feels like we were just here, weren't we? I mean, this was <laughs> recent. We did a we did a mid-season review, and now it's already the end of the season. So it's crazy how it works. I'm flying over here. Back we did in, in the mid-season. Uh, some things have changed, but a lot has stayed the same as we were talking earlier. Well, back again, we knew that this day would come very quickly. So we, we did chat earlier in the year about the MIAA boys, the previews, and now we are gearing up for the playoffs, which is starting this week. And... I think I can speak for all of us. We're really excited, and I can't wait to see some really great hockey. Yeah, there's there's some cream has risen to the top, as we said, all season long in the MIA Division One, And no surprise that St. John's Prep and Catholic Memorial is seeded one and two, but there's some interesting matchups early on, and then as we progress towards that date in the garden. But it is, it's exciting time. There's a lot of coaches that have looked forward to this and obviously the players and their families as well. If you're right about it rising to the top, it just kind of off the start of the show, it feels like to me, it's felt all year like St. John's Prep and Catholic Memorial are kind of in their own, or in their own league, it feels like. And Hingham's right there and Pope Francis is good. But it, to me, from what I've seen this year, SJP and CM just feel above everyone. Now, Hingham, we were saying before the show, Hingham beat CM this year. So there is that, and I think of the publics, Hingham is the best, at least entering the tournament. But to me, I mean, again, I just look at St. John's Prep and CM, and I feels like it, they're on a collision course for the end of the season, but it wouldn't surprise me if Hingham kind of got in there as well. Yeah, there's a lot to dig into there, Evan. That's a great kind of jump ball to get things started, I think. <laughs> Go for the biggest one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, St. John's Prep defending state champion, and they were picked number one coming into the season way back when. seems like 100 years ago. They, no. It was Thanksgiving, and the kids were just starting. But uh, CM, a terrific team under Coach Larry Rooney, Coach Christian Hansen at St. John's, certainly familiar with Coach Rooney. But those two identical records, 17-2-1 to start. By the time you hear this, maybe they're already one game in, but those two finished with exactly the same records and a rating that they had to go to the third or fourth decimal point to decide who was first <laughs> and who was second. I saw so, that. It was crazy. But it, St. John's two losses coming to CM once and to BC High way back when, and they have a tie with Hingham. Catholic Memorial's two losses coming, as you said, Evan to Hingham and to St. John's Prep. So we, we started to hit a trend here. Hingham with only three losses. They lost to their neighboring Duxbury team, who's a Division II team and one of the top two teams of Division II, and Arlington and to BC High. Pope Francis losses to Hingham and BC High. So we haven't gotten very far deep into the list to mention the same names over and over again. And these teams obviously play each other during the regular year, which is good. It's not like some college playoff teams that never see the teams they're going to play. Yes. These teams know each other pretty well, and the coaches all know each other. So you take those top four, and as you said, chances are at least one of them will be in the garden on the 19th, and possibly two of those two teams would be no surprise. Well, I think with the brackets coming out, to no surprise, as you said, the top two spots going to St. John's Prep, Catholic Memorial, and should those teams, those two teams meet again, it would be at a state championship. But of course, there's going to be a lot of interesting games before they can get there and in talking of number three Hingham for Pope Francis some potentials for some upsets potentially along the way what do you guys think about that 
Yeah, I mean, to me, there will be upsets throughout the whole tournament, no doubt. I'm having a tough time looking at the bracket and not seeing Framingham on that bracket, I must admit. But I will say, I mean, again, like, for teams that are, I mean, Braintree's always a tough out. I know they're the number 11 seed, but at some point, they'll be a lower seed in the matchup, and they're always a tough out. They were, they had a a pretty solid season. So again, I look at them as a a team that could kind of cause some havoc down below. Wellesley's another one. Um... I know I'm going with uh, with some Bay State teams here, but to me, those are two teams that could kind of be showing interesting. Your colors. Showing my real colors <laughs> here, they could be spoilers. I mean, they, they, to me, they, this season they were they were tough outs, and I, it could continue. Redding's another one with last year Dina. I know they they might not be as deep as the team as SJP or CM or even Hingham, but I just think the power of of having a superstar type player in in the MIA tournament, you're probably not going to win the whole thing, but you can kind of create some havoc down below, which Maybe I think those three. Maybe pull off a big upset. Yeah, those three teams could potentially do so, it. So there's a lot to talk about, about a lot of those teams you just mentioned, Evan. And it might be interesting to look at each of those top four teams and their individual brackets, which is where you see maybe some upsets occur and who's vulnerable and who, you know, might have to be extra careful in the second or third round. Taking the, starting from the top, St. John's Prep is in a bracket with, uh, they are with the BC number one seed. So they've got, BC High is in their bracket. Mm-hmm. And BC High, their record overall is not great, but they're a tough team. They're well coached and they've got gritty hockey players. Jackie Murphy's a kid you don't want to play against yeah, every he, time. his speed but, is incredible. But the Prep should get by their first round and then face either Lincoln, Sudbury, or Archbishop Williams in the second round. They'll have to work hard, but they should win that game. Highs playing Arlington Catholic and then St. John's and Winchester. St. John's of Shrewsbury and Winchester on the other side of that one. Potential St. John's Prep BC High rematch in the quarterfinals would be uh, a game that uh, they split this season, but you know St. John's knows that BC High beat them once, mm-hmm. so that would be a test for them. Moving on to the number two seed Catholic Memorial. They've got Milton in the first round, who Milton beat Wellesley this year, one game, but Catholic Memorial should handle business there. And then St. Mary's and Central Catholic, and they, they played just last week at St. Mary's, beat them four to nothing with a terrific job by their goaltender, ninth grader, Anthony Palmer. And yeah, he's been one of the real standout goalies yeah, of the MIAA. Of course, Coach Mark Lee hopes he'll stay in school at <laughs> yeah. St. Mary's. But anyway, definitely prep school's looking. <laughs> they, the winner of that will get CM in the round of 16 and then on the other side of that bracket is a very interesting bracket i hate I was using the word l- interesting but you're right though you belmont got, yeah you got zavarian so they're on a collision course for the for the sweet 16. yeah they played in the in the round of eight last year in one of the best games of the tournament it was a two to one win for zavarian and they they kept camp Fici in single digits that day <laughs> but belmont it, it, they've they've struggled down the stretch they're a team that out of the teams you just mentioned evan there's some that have had a real tough last two or three weeks belmont's one of them redding's another one yeah that are going in different directions from say a woburn who's deeper in the back in the in the bracket but woburn actually beat uh arlington and they've they've played very strong down down the stretch they could be an upset team uh, we haven't gotten to their bracket yet, but going back to uh, Zavarian and Shrewsbury and Belmont and Chelmsford. Chelmsford actually beat Zavarian this year. Chelmsford's an athletic team, and they are under the radar. They could knock off Belmont, believe it or not. Because Belmont's, I, no disrespect, they're not a very super deep team. They, Belmont's not not deep at all. No. Coach Foley does a great job there, but they just don't. They're young after the first, after the second line. Yeah. And they kind of spot those guys. Fiji, you mentioned a lot on right wing, and one of the best defensemen in the state, 
Peter Grace, co-captain, and left wing Shea Donahue. Those three guys play, and Joe Gaziano, their fourth, def- the second leading defenseman. Those guys are on the ice, you <laughs> the know, whole two game. thirds of the game. I remember yeah. watching them at the Ed Burns tournament, and yeah. I would just the amount of time those four were on the ice. I mean, yeah. you could see at the end of the game they were a little gassed. Yeah, I mean, you know? it's, it's, it's no knock on them. No, it's They're a lot great. of hockey. But <laughs> I think you look at a young team like that, though, especially with a really good coach. I'm going to count them in to pull off an upset somewhere along the way. I look at that. That's my hockey perspective. A young, gritty team. They have nothing to lose. I think. I think they're good for an upset some, somewhere along the way. So that would have to come against Zavarian in the round of 16. And Zavarian's another team that's I think is under the radar. Because they've they, underachieved a little bit this year, right? They lost 13 seniors last year. Yeah. A team like the Austin Prep girls lost a lot of players. <laughs> that's a lot. And, yeah, that's a lot. And they're <laughs> working with, team. they had a transfer in as a goaltender who's very good, Cole Poulier-Porter. Great goalie. But because three, all three of their goalies were seniors. But they, they are rebuilding. They play a tough schedule, one of the toughest schedules in the state. And they should handle Shrewsbury. I hate to, talking first round matchups, you hate to, diss any other team no of course but on paper Zavarian should get by Shrewsbury and then if Belmont can knock off Chelsea they'll have a chance to get revenge on Zavarian for their loss last year in the round of eight and they'd be in the in the round of 16 and that would get them into the round of eight against CM so uh, potentially it's an interesting thing if Zavarian does play CM in that sweet six in the round of eight in the round of eight it's a feel like I'm looking at a March Madness bracket it basically is Pouliot Porter's an x-factor there I think because he's been so good this year. He's such an athletic goalie. He's not a big guy, but he's so athletic. He makes those terrific saves. CM has a lot of firepower up front. You know this. And if Pouliot Porter gets hot at the right time in a game against CM, I don't know. Maybe that's an upset. I have a tough time picking against CM. I, I do until they face a team like St. John's Prep, which we'll get to later. But if we're talking potential upsets, that, that might be one. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i glad you brought up Pouliot Porter or, or followed up with that because He's one of three or four goalies in this whole out of 34 teams that, to me, can make a difference and get hot for over two or three games. I mentioned the St. Mary's goalie. We'll get to Brady Quackenbush from Marshfield a little later. He's a terrific goaltender. And those are guys that can steal a game or steal two games and really carry a team. And then the team says, hey, it, it happened when St. John's won in, in 2015. Their goaltender, Martin, was terrific. And then the rest of the team started believing and they went on and won the, the state tournament over the finals over Marlin Catholic that year and beat Pope Francis, who was picked to win the whole thing that year. Even my year, I mean, we, we lost in the Garden game, but like we, we beat Zavarian, I think, in the round of, it was either 16 or a round yeah, of eight. You guys had a great goalie. Yeah, we had Alex Moore. And Alex yeah. Moore would, I remember Zavarian, we got outshot probably like 40 to 15. But we won, I think it was like 2 nothing on an, The second goal was an empty netter. Like these tournament, for this tournament, yeah. If a goalie gets hot and is not letting pucks in, that team typically wins. I think there's no question we're going to see that at some point throughout oh, this postseason run. Happens so every year. It, it, it's it's the playoff magic, if you will, of a goaltender just stealing a game. And I've seen it. I've I've been on both sides of that as a coach, and and we've we've played in games in the postseason where it should have been a. I guess you don't want to say sure thing, but it should have been, well, and, and a goalie has stole the game. So I think I, we're going to see that. Ironically, we the Belmont's playing Chelmsford. We did the Chelmsford Zavarian game this year, and Chelmsford won that game. The goalie had like 42 saves. <laughs> and I forget the young man's name. I should know it. But there's another guy that, oh, my goodness. I, I don't think if they face Zavarian again, Zavarian would, would 
walk out of there a loser this time. But, you know, who who knows? New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. All right, class, it's the NCAA Men's Frozen Four. Welcome to Fandom 101. Want to help your team rule the rink? Here's your assignment. Lesson one, go big for every goal. Two, when you bring it, bring enough for the whole class. And three, attendance is encouraged, but passion is mandatory. The NCAA Men's Frozen Four, April 6th and 8th at Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida. Buy your tickets today at ncaa.com slash mfrozen4. Class dismissed. Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Yandel, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? What makes just the postseason so fun, so exciting? With the format, you only have to do it once. So one game series that we're talking about with each of these. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's no question we're going to at least once, if not multiple times. Yeah, that, that leads into another whole discussion. One game format versus... There used to be another tournament, part of this tournament, they called it 1A, where it wasn't a one-game elimination. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but just to, to stay on point here and, and just go over this a little bit more and follow what we've been talking about so everybody gets their just desserts here, we call it the Hingham bracket, which is the number three seed, Hingham. And they've got a potential date with either Reading or Woburn, a couple of Middlesex League teams whom I mentioned, mm-hmm. and both teams kind of going in different directions they have played this year and i uh, shame on me i didn't have their 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 results this year but that's a home game for reading and the winner in that one will potentially play hingham in the round of 16. that's the top part of that bracket the bottom part of that bracket features a couple of teams you brought up evan braintree and coach dave fasano he always gets those kids tournament ready they've had a little bit of an up and down season results wise but they just knocked off arlington last week three mm, to yeah. two they split with arlington this year they played a pretty good schedule outside the league and they get a league fellow bay state league team weymouth mm-hmm. uh, in their first round game and the winner will play either Arlington or Westford Academy, and I would uh, suspect Arlington would win that one. I, yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, um, Westford has knocked on the door of the top twenty this year, but as of now, they are a lower seed. They're twenty-seven, mm-hmm. and Arlington at number six. Arlington's had some health problems over the last two weeks. They've had a couple of guys dinged up, and they had some guys out with illness. They were missing four of their top maybe twelve or thirteen players in that Braintree game, but. Arlington has been there before. They know this routine very well. Coach Missouri lives and dies for this thing. He <laughs> had a very <laughs> successful Ed Burns tournament, with, which he created or, uh, a couple of years ago, and they took home that hardware this year. And Arlington is, they are tournament tested. They're gritty kids and they're great hockey players and led by Missouri. If they come up against Braintree in that round of 16, you know Missouri wants to get to the next round with a shot at either another Middlesex League team, Reading or Woburn, or Hingham. 
and Arlington and Hingham have played twice this year and they've split. Mm -hmm. So that's a great bracket. Right well, and Paul, I think you, you also brought up a great point that you have to really look at some of these teams too and not just look at their their players and, and sort of some of the things they've done this season, but also their experience when it gets to the postseason because I think that goes a long way. And uh, as we know, we have your regular season and the postseason, two completely separate, two seasons, as they say, in the hockey world. And having that experience playing in the postseason, I think goes a long way. Yeah, that that's a Go ahead, Evan. Well, That's a great segue the, into the next bracket. Well, what I was going to say, just to kind of finish off the, the Hingham side of the bracket, that Hingham-Arlington game to fit the Ed Burns championship game only a couple weeks ago. I think it was Super Bowl Sunday that game was on. That was an ugly game. That was not a flashy But I think if the, when those two teams play, that's... That's how the game's going to go. It's going to be a one nothing, 2-1 game. It's not going to be this offensive, the fireworks display of goals on each side of the ice. I think it's th that is a very gritty game. And I think those yeah, the only goal in the game was kind of bizarre. It was, and it was border. <laughs> there was like a little bit of, um, there was almost goalie interference. It wasn't actually. We, we looked, you uh, I think you showed me the highlight after it. It was Don't get me in trouble with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Goalie interference. It either was yeah. or it wasn't. Sometimes it doesn't get, it's a little complicated, but controversial but it was very good it, it was a very good game and they're two close teams that's the thing and even i mean i think on paper hingham is the better team i mean they're, they're ranked as such and season as such but i still think the way missouri coaches that team the way that they play the way they can play they're always a t they will always be a tough out they, i will never look at arlington and think they are not a tough out and i think again coming out of that bracket that's going to be a tough test for him to get past arlington yeah without any offense to the other six teams in that bracket i think a lot of people would love to see a rubber match between Arlington and Hingham this year. And frankly, either one of those teams would give St. John's a CM a heck of a game. Just yeah. loads of experience too. And, and as we said earlier, I think in our, our podcast a few weeks ago, just great tradition in both of those teams with Hingham and Arlington, a lot of pride in the town. And, and again, just outstanding experience between both of them together. Yeah. Or you hit that one right on. Cause that's, those are two of the, if you, were, you ask anybody around here, name the top five public, programs every single person is going to have those two teams in it oh god yeah and it's been that way for a long time we talked about this in the mid-season review it's been that way forever it feels yeah. like those are two of the great premier, tradition but it, yeah. incredible tradition and that's the beauty of this i, I don't want to, go, want to go off topic here but i mean it is like it is great to see those teams consistently succeeding against the the cms of the world the st yeah. john's preps because it, it you have the, you have the balance which i think is yeah good. Co both coach missouri and coach tony messina at hingham are alums of their schools and Tony Messina has been at, at Hingham, it seems like a couple of hundred years. But, <laughs> but he, he was an I don't assistant. know if he'll like that comment or not. <laughs> he was an assistant. For, yeah, he'll get me back for yeah, that. Yeah. He was an assistant for a long time, and he's been the head coach there, and he hit another milestone this year. And he's going to the Hall of Fame this spring. So mm. Wonderful. The Coach's Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. So the, the fourth bracket, not to slight anybody here, but kind of the Pope Francis bracket. Pope Francis has Bishop Fian in the first round and will face if if they survive that will face the winner of Wellesley and Malden Catholic. Malden Catholic's another one of those teams that has a goaltender that can make a huge difference. Brendan Zink. They are not deep at all at MC. They struggle. Their records under 500. They committed at, at number 20. They're very well coached. Chris Kucher will, will not leave a stone unturned. And Brendan Zink, one of the captains, a senior, terrific goalie. And he's just he's probably faced more shots than any other team in this <laughs> in this whole tournament <laughs> but they play in the, in the catholic conference they played a, a strong schedule they won their last five games of the year all out of conference but that they committed the tournament at least believing more in themselves than they have all year 
Wellesley got off to that 10-0 start. And at midseason, we were looking at them and a little bit untested. And yes. they proceeded to to kind of go go back a little bit to form. They end up 16 and four, which nobody would not like that. I know. I was going to say, that's not, uh, too, that's not too bad, but, but that is six and four down the stretch. Yeah, but they're, but they're number 13. So they've got a little bit to prove. They probably get a little chip on their shoulder. Paul Donato's a terrific coach. Mm. Good friend of mine as well, Paul yeah. Donato. Yeah, and, and great he, coach, great guy. He was instrumental in putting together. He had Burns Turney too. And if they get by Malden Catholic, it, it should be a low-scoring game because Zink's not going to give up a lot of goals. But if they get by that, they draw the unlucky card of having to face Pope Francis out in Springfield where crazy things happen. And uh, they own that rink, and uh, not, not literally, but they own home ice. And Pope Francis and Wellesley would be a, a good second-round match. Pope Francis and Malden Catholic would be a good second-round match. That's the top half of that bracket. The bottom half is kind of a, a little bit more wide open, only because Marshfield is the seed in that in that group. They're the highest seed at number five overall. They've got Needham in the first round, and they should handle Needham. And Franklin and Andover are the other side. Franklin's a very good team. They haven't beaten any of the top teams they've played, but they've got a, a very good record at 16-5. and five. Andover's a little bit of a sleeper out of the Merrimack Valley Conference. They have, a, again, similar in the respect that they haven't beaten any of the teams that would have been called an upset. They, they've beaten the teams they should, but they, they haven't really pulled off an upset to move further up. 11-5 and 4, they've skated well against some teams, but, you know, that one could go either way. Mm-hmm. And, and if they get Marshfield, again, Marshfield's a guy with the great goalie, Brady Quackenbush, and he would be a guy that if Marshfield comes out of that quartet and goes up against Pope Francis, Quackenbush could steal a game against Pope Francis. I was going to say, he, we talked about good goalies. He's been, as you said, incredible this year. Yeah. It feels like he's a good candidate, a potential candidate of not carrying a team. The guy but running, may, uh, putting him on a run. Exactly, yeah. like the, the catalyst for a real run. Feels so, like that's a guy. And, and Marshfield is, they're a little under the radar because their schedule's not as as strong as, they've got the, the one of the lowest opponents ratings in the top 12 or 13. But when they've played the good teams, they've played well. They just lost to Zavarian 2-1 to one in overtime last week. And they I think they lost to Hingham by a goal earlier this year. Dan Conley's a terrific veteran coach there, and they're deep. He'll play his fourth line. Mm-hmm. He'll play six defensemen. He got a lot of kids into the lineup all year long. They're deep. They're competitive, well-coached, and they They've played in tournaments. They're so. another public school, like Hingham in yep. Arlington, that yep. is always kind of in it. And you, it's funny, you mentioned all the, you mentioned Andover 21, some of these teams. Do you think, that, like, I think it's a very, it feels like a little bit of a top-heavy tournament, in my eyes, right, with St. John's Prep and CM. But is there a team that is a lower seed that you look at and say, hmm, maybe they make a little bit of a run that might be your, your pick as a, as a run-type candidate? Well, I mean... Because <laughs> there doesn't have to be, but, I, like, is there a team that... But lower that, that well, I might think we cause should also, havoc. We should also note that going into this, so currently Pope Francis is ranked number four, Marshfield five. So St. John's Prep will have to go through those teams to get to the Garden. So is there is there a team in there that can potentially upset St. John's Prep? Do we think? Well, you, I was more saying like lower, like maybe not beat them, but take out a Marshfield or a. a hang on or kind of win a fir- first round matchup that maybe you wouldn't project that they did yeah i mean listen i'm the worst gambler in the world so if i pick a team <laughs> some coach is going to yell at me and say you just put the, ki- the, the whatever on you the kibosh or the jinx and 
Uh, all I could say is just from from seeing a lot of these teams all year, if Reading gets back to form, they could beat Woburn and give Hingham a, a run. Now, that, that doesn't answer your question directly, but... <laughs> no, because I want to get to that. In terms of Marshfield, Pope Francis would be one heck of a... I mean, every round of eight game potentially could be phenomenal because the prep could play either St. John's or BC High. M. Zavarian, as you mentioned before, Evan, would be a great matchup. Hingham and Arlington, we've already talked about. If things stay true to form... But put me on the spot to say who's going to beat <laughs> well, the prep or listen, CM. I think it's I think a, a goalie has to has to really show up. I mean, Braintree almost beat St. John's last year in the round of eight in a home game for St. John's, and Braintree had a great goaltender. He's he's here, Jack Fitzgerald. But but uh, they they that was more grit and and a lot of their seniors that are gone mm-hmm. for Braintree. Well, and I think you you answered it well. I mean, we know that it's the postseason and can happen, right? As they say a lot. Yes. Of it. And I think we're in for as we we know a lot of this great discussion here, but some really close competitive games, and we're going to see a lot of them. I think in yep. this postseason run. Well, just last year in Division One, the final eight teams were the one, two, three, five, six, seven, nine, and thirteen seeds. So only two out of the the eight the top eight seeds did not make that round of eight. And in Division Two, it was even closer. Everybody but the number eight seed made the quarter made the uh, quarterfinals. So, in that respect, the, the flags going up in Franklin at the MIA headquarters saying, "Hey, we do a great job. Pat ourselves on the back." And and even in the division you were in last year, Stephanie, the the girls' division one was very true to form. It was, yeah. I would I would definitely speak to that. I I think with the RPI rankings and we've touched on this the last show it's it's a mixed feeling for people however again i can speak at least from last year it was it was a pretty accurate rating of the teams and what i like about it is it has saint john's prep one catholic memorial two so as long as there's no upsets it allows at least a path for the two projected we'll use that word teams in the state to meet at the garden which is which is what we want. Yeah, and I think there was projecting. Ar- what a great <laughs> word. <laughs> there was even an argument though, like for CM to potentially be one. I mean, like they they were last week. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like they, they, it's moved around a bit. But I mean, I remember even looking at the power rankings prior. I mean, again, you look at like the, the Saint John's prep rating five point two three four two CM five point two three oh five. I mean, that is minuscule. That is tiny. So again, I to me, I look at. If those two teams are in the garden, which I I think they're going to end up being there. I do. I think they will end up there. That is an incredible matchup. That's an incredible matchup that I don't really want to have to pick a winner of, which maybe we'll get to in a bit. But, I mean, again, I think that those two teams, you could make an argument, though, that CM could have been number one. Well, I, I don't think it's an easy road for either one of them once no. we get to the eight. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. 
Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. I want to bring up something else that Stephanie just talked about and that, that four-letter word, Super 8, and why we don't have it anymore, at least for the time being. There is, on the table, I think, on paper is, in two years, they're going to look at it again. There's no better year for Division One, Division One and two, than this year to say, what a year this would have been for a Super 8 plus two. And you could, you could legitimately get an argument that this would be the year where Tewksbury, Duxbury, Tewksbury, Duxbury, Canton might have a shot at being part of that top 10. If you go by those rankings, the ratings, Duxbury would check in at, at number nine and Duxbury would check in at number 11. And That'd be so interesting. And the, the eight and 10 teams are, the nine and 10 teams are St. John's of Shrewsbury and Belmont and BC High is number eight. Now, uh, among those, their records aren't like 17 and one. You could argue that those teams should be put in the Division One and Division Two. Those teams would be Division One, but you know it would be a great year because you look at the top six or top seven. Really, would be shoe wins for a Super Eight this year, and we can argue about BC High, St. John's, Shrewsbury, Belmont, Tewksbury, Canton, and Duxbury. What a great time it would be to argue about that and and talk the merits. And then you've got all these other teams in Division One from Belmont all the way down to Malden, Catholic, Andover, Belmont, Braintree, Franklin, Wellesley, Redding, St. Mary's, Archie, Lincoln, Sudbury, Central Catholic, Woburn, MC, they'd all be fighting for the Division One championship. Well, Paul, I think that's a great point. And it what is. I like about that is, is it, there's a lot of great teams that we're talking about here. And what I really like about that is it gets more great hockey teams an opportunity to fight for a championship. And I think that would be incredible because this list that we're talking about, there's a lot of great teams. We're going to see a lot of great games. And in a way, they almost deserve a little bit more fighting for a championship, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be give bad vibes to those teams and say you don't have a chance. But <laughs> but the chances of winning two or three games well, against math, that yeah. top eight. Just, just numbers. No, yeah. that top eight is, it to me, I, I the top ten – I would say top 11, I'll include Braintree in that, have chances. But I, I think under that, it's it's difficult for teams. I mean, I mentioned Wellesley and Reading and stuff like that, but it, it gets difficult past that because that top eight, that top 10 is so freaking good. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. any one of those teams and a couple of like St. Mary's tied Pope Francis this year, Reading tied Pope Francis, one-offs when you, or one, one game every two or three weeks against the, the iron you can pull it off if you're a good coach. As you Herb Brooks. But, but to win three in a row against this iron again. And it's also a little bit more like I do it in the prep. And in a way, like there's there's the Elite Eight. And, you know, and then there's the, the big school division, the small school division. So I think to your point, like I'll use us for an example, like we, we don't fit in the Elite Eight in the prep this year, right, for the girls. We don't belong. At Austin Prep. Correct. And we don't have the depth. We, we can't. We're not in that category this year. However, we're in the big school category, and that's a great fit for us. 
So it gives us a chance to to win. To win a championship. This year. Yeah. And we're we're playing with teams that are very close in parity to us. I mean, in my years, if we had to go up against St. John's Prep or or whatnot in the in the Division One state tournament, we would not have gotten to the garden most likely. Well, one right? game you might have. Yeah, may, maybe one game, but yeah. to go through a whole gauntlet is is and our gauntlet was tough enough. Braintree and Zavarian and yeah. and and, and yeah. those teams. So, but again, I think that you know it would not surprise me as you said if it's another year of the final eight teams are one two three four five seven not like it's gonna be that again it feels like the good thing is it's good talent it's it they're good teams right they're fun to watch so it gives people re it, they're they're good it, they're good games i yeah. think and that's the, like, one of the biggest things. like stephanie said earlier there's gonna be an there's not one there are gonna be several upsets in yes. each of the brackets sure. there's yeah. six divisions yeah oh yeah it's not a sure. complete shock well even in, like march the early Mad march madness you have 15 seat right like it's yeah. just math like a team Will, there will be upsets, as you said. Just comes down to where they're going to be, and the rest we don't know. <laughs> the playoffs just brings out so much in teams too, and coaches. For as you said prior, with some of these coaches, they live for the postseason. The most exciting time of the year. It's now, like so, they play at possum. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. John just, Missouri lives for this time of year. It's, it's <laughs> true. This is the John Missouri podcast. It's, it's absolutely true, and you just you see you see more out of teams. You see you see their absolute best on the ice. So, Paul. Do you want to make a don't put me prediction? on any spot <laughs> i mean i'll make a championship prediction i'll i'll throw one out there i, I look i think it's gonna be st john's prep and cm in the final i do i think it's gonna be those two teams. well i think if we if we could wave our magic wand and that's not even that hot yeah. of a take like that's the one and two seats i kind of feel bad that i make like i wish i could sit here and say oh i think pope france will be and i think Hingham. i think it'll be arlington i just i've seen st john's prep and cm enough i think it on paper i that's who i i would have i agree if those teams play their top games, nobody's going to beat either one of them. No. But that's not how it works. Right? <laughs> it's about staying consistent, right? So I think it's about entering the postseason, playing some of your best hockey, but then it's consistency. So when we would approach our postseason, you essentially have to stay perfect for that run. And, and literally to that point, like you almost have to be perfect to win the whole thing. Your goalie needs to be perfect. That's and, one of the biggest and things. And it's hard. It is very, very hard to win. I will say that it is very hard to win that last game of the year. So I never think it's a sure thing for anybody, but it's it's to that point of, of detail. Like you essentially have to stay perfect and it's very hard to win that last game of the year. Yeah, and only one team could do it without a super eight. But I, I think to that to those points, BC High last year, under the radar 13 seed made it to the semifinals. And it was primarily around a goaltender. And they won three games, one to nothing, I think. That's great. That's what you, you want know, for postseason hockey, though, right? Exactly. BC High, again, has trouble scoring, but they play good team defense. And do I expect they'll be in the semifinals? I don't think so this year, but you never know. Those never Catholic know. conference teams play such a good schedule that it's very hard to count them out because they have been battle tested since the first game of the season. So it's very, for those, like those teams are always threats, I find, because they play a very tough schedule. I think nothing prepares a team for a playoffs like this than a very tough schedule. I think that's yeah. way it's that's way no in every question. sport. You no know? question. Absolutely. You want your toughest schedule, then you're well prepared for exactly. whatever comes your way exactly. in the postseason. And I think a team that is playing better as they get down to the end is Pope Francis. Their, their schedule, they don't play the, the toughest schedule as, as a Catholic conference day in, day out, but they schedule a lot of out-of-state teams. They're kind of peaking at the right time. 
They knocked up Belmont last week, eight to three, and then came back and beat St. Mary's the next day, one to nothing. Yeah. They can win either way. And they've, they're tournament tested. They're still stinging from the 2020 co-title when they couldn't play for the championship, yeah. when Ryan Leonard I was still that. around. I feel oh, that. And That's they and Arlington were co-champs. And by the way, Pope Francis beat St. John's in an, St. John's prep in an unbelievable semifinal. The, the last game that was played before the world ended and it was at Loring, and it was a terrific game. Yeah, Loring hosted a bunch of those games yes. then. But anyway, that, but Pope Francis hasn't forgotten that. So they are they are a team. They'd have to get through Marshfield, and they'd have to get through St. John's Prep. But I can't wait to see some of these games. I think they're just going to be so exciting. I think we're going to see some overtimes. I oh, think absolutely. it's lots. Yeah. I think it's going to be just an incredible run. Lots of low-scoring, one-goal games. And I guess what I would uh, – just sort of leave us with. So again, if we could wave our magic wand and if this projection of teams holds true, St. John's Prep 1, Catholic Memorial 2, what a championship that could potentially be. Both teams entering at 17, 2 and 1, identical records. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. No, and last year was 1 and 2 with Severian in the prep and it, it could be 1 and 2 again, obviously. And both teams have played each other already and it's it's split. it's split. It's I mean, it just doesn't get much yeah. better than that. For a hockey lover projecting, it just it's what a what a potential matchup that could be at the Garden. Yeah. yeah. And if you miss it, you can watch it on my hockey live. <laughs> By that time, the, the Garden Games will also be in the NFHS, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys. It's always a pleasure to come in and talk. Yeah. Talking talking high school hockey. It's, ah. it, it really pains me to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly, it's such a tough thing for you. No, it's been fun this year. The amount of times, you know, this is the second time, and we'll, yeah, it'll continue. It's going to be, you're one of the experts. So yeah, we've, got, we've, we've got prep school finals this weekend on... Uh, my Hockey Live, both the three girls games from Taft and the three boys games from St. Anselm's. I and hope hopefully to see you there. Yeah. The Oster Prep Cougars will be I hope to see you there. Down at Taft. Hope so. And New England Hockey Journal will also have coverage from both of those sites. So it should be good. It'll We're going to have coverage for everything. And this yes. is going to be, again, really exciting to see Wall all this Meeting un of the minds. <laughs> and uh, we will continue to have coverage. And, of course, post-playoffs once we have our, our championships. Yeah. Meet. Should Sounds be great. great. Should be fun. Well, guys, thank you so much again for joining us in studio. Never a dull moment. No, never. It goes back a long way. It's so much. We always have fun, though. I mean, it's that's the beauty of this. It's so fun, and there's so many teams to talk about and, and matchups, and that's the fun of this bracket. I mean, I, we're getting to that point of the year where you're not just getting this bracket. You're getting the March Madness bracket. You're getting the, the NCAA hockey brackets. You're getting all that stuff. So there's so many upset watches and things, and it's the same with prep, and it's the same with MIAA. Evan, how do you keep up with it all? I can just imagine <laughs> up in your head just keeping track it's of Twitter. all Twitter. It's, it's, it's an unhealthy amount and... of Twitter. That's what yeah. my life is. You got basketball. You got hockey it's just overwhelming too much it's way too much so much excitement <laughs> well guys again always a pleasure and can't wait to see all this unfold and uh, paul will certainly have you back again thanks stephanie thanks evan thanks to new england hockey journal of course and that does it for this edition of Rinkwise. our podcast is produced by david yaz follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at any hockey journal and subscribe online at hockeyjournal.com i'm your host stephanie wood Rinkwise is a siemens media production